It's Tom. It's Jake. You already know. It's pretty spot on. All ready? All right, we're back for another episode. Quick takes with Tom and Jake. What are we talking about today? I think today's quick take, we've kind of hinted at it in prior episodes. Yes. I think talking about how we started Prism Lens Effects would be a fun story to share. Not only does it have a lot of like crazy moments and looking back at it, like it's a, it's a pretty cool little saga of events. And right. I think anyone listening who maybe is inspired to like maybe start their own, own business, business yeah. could kind of take a lot from this. You yeah. know what I mean? I agree. Cause yeah, I mean, this is, it was us bootstraps from day one starting a business. I mean, it's still only two years old, but we've learned so much. We've done so much. We've grown so much, like literally within, you know, we'll dive into it, but less than a year each time move to a bigger location, bigger location. Yeah. Oh shoot. We're in debt. We got to figure out this, bring in a new employees to handle this. Cause we're too, yeah, there's just so much stuff. So there's a lot. I think it's a I think we almost lot to unpack it. here. Cotton. I know. Yeah. I guess let's just start from the beginning. Right. So yeah. I think the initial conception of Prism Lens Effects kind of even dates way before we even like bought the domain name and like started the Squarespace and started prototyping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like started like when we were really on our grind. I think on that first episode, we kind of spoke to how we met and there was like a period of time in which we were just doing video after video after video. And I think part yeah. of us in doing so many videos, we were like kind of pushing ourselves like how do we make our videos look different? Not only from other people's videos, but right. from our own. Like, I don't want to just keep doing the, the same, same thing. thing. So we kind of lend, find ourselves like using different things to like abstract the light, create cool edit points from like light bulbs, chandelier glass. Like, I think I even broke a Dude. champagne flute at one point. Yeah. It was like using that. Uh, light bulb, like yeah. an old school, like Edison light bulb with the filament. And we hooked it up to a... Um, kind of like a magic gadget thing and would like flicker the light bulb on and off and would hold the light bulb yeah. in front of the lens and I let the filament flicker. Which one did we use that on? Dude, I want, I know it was at fat eye. I remember vividly it was at fat eye. Because I had a eye. dimmer and like if yes. this was the, you know, say this is the camera body, we would like literally dim the light bulb in the lower third yeah, yeah, of the frame. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember looking Damn, cool. I don't know what video that yeah. was. I wish I could pull that Long up. Long story short, we were doing different things with glass and light bulbs to create like unique refractions. Yeah. And like, I think the thing that we realized and anyone sort of listening can probably agree, if you are kind of a one-man band, which we tended to be. Right. You're operating the camera or holding the camera and you're also like zooming and pulling focus. But then like you also have to like have another hand to hold this thing, right? This right. prism, this piece of glass. And that I think was the initial sort of like light bulb moment. moment for us where it's like, well, A, I think just out of necessity, I was like, oh, let me find one that just has a screw. Like just I'm going to go buy someone else's because like obviously this is an issue. And that's where we were like, oh. This doesn't exist. Yeah, like. I don't see this around. I don't right. see like a triangle prism. That was the initial one. We actually even just, we just started with like a triangle prism, I think. Yeah, a triangle prism and orb. But yeah, the very first thing was just a triangle prism. Cause we would, I would shoot like photos through like prisms and glass and different things. And yeah, yeah weird videos. I think one of the main things we always used was like a, a split diopter yeah. for like the cinema cameras. And we would like hold the metal part of the frame and dodge it around. We did yeah. that on like a bone thugs video. Did that. You did it on a, what's the guy's name? The, uh, John Bellion. John Bellion. We did it with futuristic. We did it like Mark battle, a bunch of music videos. It's cool. Cause like when the, 
sort of beat or cadence the song is going, you can actually like not only yeah. have camera movement that is influenced by the song, but if the artist like moves his head, you can like whip the thing that you're holding to create like a unique abstraction. So like that stuff was super cool. But like case in point, it wasn't meant for that. It didn't have oh, a handle, yeah. finger loop. So it was like very precarious the way we were holding it. The yeah. frame of the the metal part of the split diopter would like get in a frame. And so like ultimately led to like some of the products we built for prism lens effects but that whole idea of doing stuff in camera was like yeah the initial which we were always doing was the initial caveat for like yo this doesn't really exist let's yeah. build it and then you just went down a crazy rabbit hole yeah, of like I do that a lot <laughs> how, yeah tom tom will just like hit me and like oh yeah i've been taking like wood shop classes and i'm like for what like yeah. he'll just go off on some weird tangent and like oh i, think I was before doing this even diving this. into prism because this is actually i think ties into it a little bit is tropic was kind of finding a new stride we launched out in 2017 right mind you it's like mid 2018 this is when we like really first started like buying a bunch of film and shooting a bunch of film grain and like tropic at that moment in time like was was crushing it and it was at a moment where we're like you know what this is doing really good right now what what else can we do? And I remember yeah, yeah. I even called you like I was kind of like I don't know riding that high that like the, you know Tropic was finally in a nice stride. I was like yo what what else can we do? This is yeah. so much fun. And you had an idea for and something I think we still maybe want to do at one point. But it was like an accessory to help like hold the camera. It was like oh, a pouch. Oh, the film pack thing. Which yeah. was like you know when you like Dude, sometimes you're just like uh, you know holding the top handle. Yeah, you yeah. get kind of fatiguing. And I think this actually came from you. I'll go on too much in a sidebar from working on the baseball show. Yeah. Uh, you were holding the camera you're like, oh man, it'd be so nice to like have a little like rest or something on it. Yeah. So I've, I mean, everything that we've done has come from like kind of seeing a problem and needing a solution ourselves. Right. And that was like an instance. And then you started diving into sewing and well, like, yo, where, I'm learning. That's where I wanted to jump yo, into. Yo, bro, I've just learned how to sew. I bought a sewing machine. Within a week's machine. time, I kid you not, like, you're like, yeah. Like, I, I was like, hey, do you have any other ideas? Like, let's 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 do the next one. Yeah. You're like, yeah, kind of. Like, I had this idea for this thing we can call it, like, the film pack. And it'd be like a little utility pack that you can, like, prop the camera on. Right. I was like, all right, cool. Not even thinking much of it. I'm sure you're like, oh, okay, whatever. I literally, like, bought, like, a Singer sewing machine. I watched a bunch of tutorials, yeah. went to Joanne's Fabric, and made a prototype. Yeah, I remember. I still have that yeah. somewhere deep it, in a it box. It was okay. I mean, but yeah, I don't know. I guess from that one, I was just like, I don't know. So basically, I guess I'm trying to set up the stage for Prism. That was before because Prism. we were searching for that like next thing, and that thing was cool. It took me like a week to make that prototype. I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to like put everything on my my in my career on hold to like be sewing full time. Right. This is just like, and I don't know. That just didn't end up being the thing that right. we that that stuck but um yeah i think essentially kind of circling back to our earlier conversations like that we were just like the prism thing yeah like, i think oh, we class I think, refractions i think you know? we started to just no not i think we started to source just a lot of different glass options shapes objects from like different glass vendors around the country and different yeah. things and they were like all right what looks cool what looks the best and then we like started with the prism it's like all right let's start with this prism now how can we mount this yeah to where you can you like not put your fingers on it because that was the thing with the prism yeah. it's just a glass prism you'd get smudged you would hold it with your camera and see reflections of your fingers and it was just not it was hard to grip and move and maneuver. And it was like, all right, how can we mount this with a handle, but also with an arm and lock it in position with your camera body in front of a lens. And that's where we're like, all right, this is the first thing, prism lens effects. And that's where the name came from was yeah, yeah. prism, literally because the first object was a prism. Like yeah. otherwise our 
company could have been like glass filter effects. glass what i don't even know but it was like that's where the name came from it was like yo we're gonna be prism yeah. lens effects funny and, story i found a manufacturer i think in like new york that made like chandeliers and like i mean if you look at a chandelier it really is like actually a bunch of faceted glass and i had them like send a bunch of different sizes 80 millimeter 125 millimeter and i remember actually we went out to when you used to live in winneka we ran around like north yeah, yeah. hollywood yeah. and we were like battle i was like hey i have a bunch of glass do you yeah, want to just test had a it box, out a brown box and this was like even like drill didn't even have a handle we were like just holding it up in front of our dslr or our red or whatever like oh that's cool i remember one of them actually was like a glass ball that like inverted the whole world yeah i was like oh this one's gonna be dope and you're like dude this thing weighs like 10 pounds i don't want (laughs) to hold this in front of a lens we're like okay we'll put this one back in the box yeah yeah but the two that stuck were from this chandelier company a triangle prism and an orb prism and we basically without coming up with like a crazy artsy name we're like let's just call it what it is this is a triangle prism this is an orb and yeah. it was kind of on that the next step was like okay these look great but like how do we we're still in the same conundrum like i could grab this thing which we were doing in our right. test day like how do we like adhere it to where i can operate the camera and it's like actually going to stay with the framing right. like as if it's part of the lens or whatever so and that's so, kind of like where the the story and saga begins yeah. i guess so first wormhole that i went down was like just learning about glass glass is so interesting in the sense that you can drill into glass, which was the first thing I needed to figure out. I was like, okay, well, I need to add like a screw. Right. Adding a screw to the bottom, like a quarter 20, for those who don't know, is like a very common mount for like, I wouldn't say this, but like for your pretty much any standard sort of utility thing in like a camera, like a grip, a top handle, it's all quarter 20. Yeah. So it's like, okay, knowing that, how do we add a quarter 20 to a piece of glass, right? And you would think like, oh, like you could just use like glue, right? That was like the first thing. And I bought a bunch of different glues, went to Home Depot. I found like epoxy that has like 2000 pound strength. But when I started to figure out, so I, I basically had like a control. I laid out like a piece of plywood or something. And like, this one is this manufacturer. And I tore the label and I tried like 10 different glues and like seed saw which one like worked the best. Yeah. And the thing that was really, really tricky is these epoxies and glues without getting too into it. How, they have to like, there's a cure, like C-U-R-E. That's like the time. time it takes to dry. And some of these were like three to seven days. I was like, oh my God, like that is what? Like that, I don't know if that's going to work. Right. And not only that, like, so that was one variable, like having to figure out A, how to drill and like find the right glue, but also like, where were we going to do this? I was like, first off, my girlfriend at the time, um, she was just like, yeah, you're not drilling this glass in our apartment. Like we lived in a studio apartment, like in Los Angeles. So I was like, I remember I hit you. I was like, I think we need to like find a space. So what's crazy about that is then you found the space, but ultimately finding that space for Prism is also what led to our next studio. That's further down the road, but yeah. just something that this I just same, thought about. So I guess a way to describe it for anyone listening or yeah. watching is this guy on Craigslist posted a bunch of pictures Imagine a WeWork, right? right? A WeWork is a giant building, say like 25,000 square feet, and they added a bunch of cubicles and they like kind of sublease these little small sections of a yeah, larger section building. It off. This guy bought, kind of smart, a large warehouse building that's probably like 25 to 50,000 square feet and made these little 700 square foot like cubes. But mind you, like they're only like wood that's maybe like 10 feet tall. Like you open. could in theory like climb into your neighbor's unit. Like they weren't sealed or secure or anything. It's right. kind of beside the point. But we rented one. I think it was like- 300 square feet. I think- It was or, 300. Oh yeah, it's like- It was 300. Bro, that place was a shoebox. Yeah, it was tiny. It was so small. So I got that on Craigslist and I like, 
God, there is so much to the story. I'm like trying to figure out like how much. How did, yeah. Because I even like even... kind of went down a woodworking path and like built all the shelves. Yeah, all the shelves that was built, <laughs> the the drill press, the just the yeah. There's gosh, I mean, we could dive into so much. But this of was like, kind of my life for yeah, a yeah. minute. I think part of this also was stemming around. I remember in a previous episode I mentioned like why I was transitioning to operating, and this came Prism Lens Effects came kind of around a period of time where I just got off like an eight month show I was shooting for Facebook watch where I was the DP and it was like five days on two days off for literally like 90 days. And I was just creatively burnt out that wrapped like somewhere in the middle of 2018. And that's when I was and like that. And then that ASAP Rocky yeah, thing yeah. right around the same time. And that's when I was like, ah, oh, dude, this is not fun. I was still doing DP gigs, but that's when I was like, you know, what? I, I want to explore other means of income. Yeah. Tropics doing great. But like, I was very, people were probably listening. Like, How did you have this much time to like stop DPing and start this whole sort of side venture? And I guess to speak to that, I was kind of just putting the pause on DPing. And I was like, you know what? This is fun for right yeah. now. And uh, yeah. So anyways, long story short, got this place off Craigslist, yeah. um, bought a freaking uh, yeah, middle Boyle Heights, Los Angeles. And yeah. So one of the biggest components, which I think it would be kind of fun to mention is the glass needed to be drilled. So this is kind of what I was speaking to earlier. Is like, I had to watch a bunch of YouTube tutorials. I bought this like drill press off Amazon, but you can't just like drill a piece of glass. It'll just crack and splinter. Right. You actually have Water. to have like water constantly hit the glass. So that way when the drill is grinding it, it's like kind of cooling put, it. Yeah. It's just, you know, it prevents it from cracking. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so I found, um, God, this is so funny. If you have like, have you ever been in a backyard where that has like a pond oh, yeah. or something? Yeah. There's a, a water pump. So I found a water pump that could like spray water. It pumps the water from like a little like fish tank. And mind you, we had, you know what? Keep telling the story. I'm going to try and pull up like okay. the old video. I found, as we I basically went home from the holidays with my dad and I was like, dad, like this is what I'm doing. Like I need your help. And he helped me kind of make the initial prototype for this rig. And essentially it's like a, a fish tank or like water fountain pump and it pumps water from a, a reservoir. I think I just had like a Home Depot bucket filled with water and it's went up a hose and it sprayed water directly at the glass prism. And then I would just drill the glass. And like, sometimes the hole would be drilled too far, too little, but basically that was kind of the early stages. If you can find that video, I think people would be like, no, Oh, that's what the, he means. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I was literally drilling like one by one and that took so long. Like I remember when we started to launch the pre-orders, you're like, yo, a hundred orders came in. Like, I'm excited, but I'm like, I have to drill a hundred no, of so these we, things. So we went and we went up north. So we had like made a couple prototypes yeah. for the triangle and the orb. I think for the timeline, let's just show everyone's on track. I, I think I text you like, yo, this would be really cool. We got the the, the little, um, what do you call it? The 300 square foot boil height space in like early December. Maybe, yeah. And then we went up to your cabin. So we went up to my cabin to shoot the Stranger short film. Yeah. And like then Make Out December. Massacre. We shot three f short films in like two days. But on one of the days where it was just daytime before we were shooting the nighttime scenes, we busted out the prisms and did like a little prism shoot yeah, yeah. to... to basically shoot promo material for the new stuff. I think we were just like, hey, let's test these. Yeah. And it just like, we saw the footage. But like, it looked oh, amazing. We're like this is incredible. We got so gassed and probably more me than you. And I was like, bro, we have to go live pre-order. Like the, I mean, they worked flawlessly. There was nothing wrong with them. And no, like, but 
behind the scenes, I was still right. workshopping like the right glue because I brought three prototypes up to the mountains to shoot. Yeah. And I didn't think that this was going to be a big, you know, extensive shoot. I was like, oh, I just want to show these to Jake or whatever. Right. And while we were shooting, two of the glues that I had picked, like literally failed, like the screw just came out. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's not going to work. So behind the scenes of us getting all this amazing footage, I still didn't even like really quite figure out like the right process to make these. Here we so, go. Found it. Okay, yeah. Found so this is the, is the rig, right? I, for those who are watching, there's a drill press I got on Amazon. This is a water pump for a fountain. And this <laughs> is basically a PVC pipe that like holds the glass in place. And I literally like had to drill a 10 millimeter hole and then yeah, we had the to screws. put in a metal screw that we had to grind we down. We had to grind out. Dude, my fingers... Dude, that those were miserable days, yeah. to be honest. Like we we're and in mind there. You, this is December. This warehouse was freezing, freezing cold. I'm in there hours, just grinding down with metal on metal, sparks flying, just a screw, screw after screw after screw to make hundreds of these. So things. the context for that, because I think people, well, I think there's a triangle. There's the triangle yeah. too. So the metal that you put inside the glass, basically, imagine you're gonna stick this to this, right? Basically, you need those surfaces need to have like a little bit of grit or grooves for the glue to like stick to. So the metal that we were getting from this one vendor, it was like flawless stainless, right? Or not stainless, but it was just like immaculate. So for the glue to like really bite into that metal, we had to like rough it up. So we got an angle grinder, goggles, gloves, and a little handle. And you were just like grinding the metal. So that way the glue and the glass like stuck together. Um, anyways, I don't want to lose a lot of you with the specifics, but I think the biggest takeaway is like the early process of prism was very much bootstrap i mean it's oh, just yeah. funny that we can like reminisce on it now so, but I, it was very stressful oh super stressful super bootstrap but going back to like what you're saying about stressful like we were like went and launched the pre-order like i think that week because it was yeah. right around that december well, there was time a lot of hype like where can i get this where can i get there was this? a lot of hype from social media it was right around christmas i was like yo we have to get this out for like christmas drop the pre-orders people can start ordering and we dropped the pre-order and i remember when we checked the numbers we were at like three 300 orders. I was like, Tom, we're at 300 orders. Da, da, da. And this is where yeah, you come Yeah, there's a funny play. story attached to that. So as I mentioned, I made three prototypes just to like show Jake in Arizona. And that shoot of showing Jake these prisms turned into like the promo for this product. And we launched the pre-order. But as yeah. I mentioned, like I, I, it's a prototype, right? So a prototype means you're like working through the design process to like, okay, it's good to go. And we launched the pre-order and it, we, I had not locked the final design. Yeah. I, quite, I haven't quite figured out the right glue. Like I said, the glue I was using took like 72 hours to cure and it needed to be underneath a heat lamp. So the glue dried at a faster pace. So I was like figuring out all these variables as you're like, yo, more sales are coming in. I'm like, no, <laughs> secretly down in my head. So um, it wasn't until like actually like a couple weeks before you and Chanel, you were like, yo, we're going to fly into town and we're going to stay there for a week and just ship a bunch of these out. Yeah. Like at a certain point, like customers were like, I ordered in November or December, like, where are they? So yeah. we, all the stuff started coming from our manufacturers. I eventually found the right glue and I won't get like too into the specifics, but I figured it out. But there was definitely like a two or three week period where I was down there at midnight, yeah. fucking 32 degrees. So you know, I'm like just drilling and like trying to test it all out. And it was that whole like process was very, very stressful. Yeah. I mean, we were in there, grind me, you, Chanel from day one, we're in there just working our butts off to like 
build these things, package them, ship. I mean, here's a like even a clip right here. I think where me and you are just at the the dock loading in, or loading their boxes ourselves into the UP or uh, USPS That's when truck we were that using pulled UPS up. Yes, or USPS. Yeah. and so. Yeah, we did everything. And this was this was a long process. And then in that same vicinity right here, uh, probably within under a year, or maybe, no, maybe around a year, we moved to a 700 square foot space. Oh, yeah. It was like, you know, a little two and a half times the size. And so we grew a little bit, moved in there, and we hired like three, four part-time employees. Yeah. And from there, we, you know, we're bringing on our friends. Uh, we had Sheree, we had Jamal. Um, we had my um, now wife's uh, brother-in-law. We had who else was in there? Dan. Dan was in there. So we had Dan like, was like our go-to like drill builder. He yeah. would build all the the, the chromatic flares, the kaleidoscopes. He was our, our main builder because uh, we started relinquishing control a little bit. At a certain after point, just for anyone listening and watching, like I talked about earlier in another episode, like bandwidth, right? Like how much time you have in a day, right. and like there just wasn't. I didn't, there was just not enough of me to complete all these tasks, right? From building, drilling, gluing, like initially I did that under the first, like probably first few months, but the order volume just kept coming in to where I was like, if it was just me doing it, I think I would be here more hours than there are per day. Yeah. So that's when we brought in more people. And at the same time, like that's when I was also like starting to explore operating and doing Steadicam. So, you know, I, I, we kind of also made this company like as, I wouldn't say a side hustle that maybe I kind of downplays it, but like we still are filmmakers, right? Like we still want to go work on set and take gigs. And I almost like felt guilty taking gigs in that process because yeah. I knew that orders were coming in and people were complaining about not getting their orders. So we had to like strike a balance where like I still was going in. Obviously, you still come in. Oh, here. we still went in all the time. And yeah, I, but I like still we had to like here. bring in some people. Yeah, yeah, you know. But now. Yeah, I mean, we've moved since then. Uh, I think it was even six months after moving into that bigger one, uh, yeah. that 700 square foot one that we're like, yo, we need to move to Arizona. We need more regular full-time employees. We need to hire, put them on salary. We need more space. We need more room to grow. Uh, we need to be more centralized. LA was just tough to like really yeah, navigate, uh, grow, ship, do, you know, get people, uh, reliable people. And a lot of your family is here. A lot of my really family is here. Employ them and stuff. Yeah. You know? And so now we have, you know, full-time employees here. It's easy to pop in, kind of manage and not take an hour to get to the warehouse, get stuck in traffic. And just a lot of LA is tough, man. And it's yeah. just expensive to operate and own a business. So moving it to Arizona was, was great for the business, but yeah, I mean, even going back to, I mean, we started with, yeah, just the triangle and the orb. We filed like provisional patents on those. We, yeah. that it didn't exist. Um, and we were able to get provisional patents on that and then moved from, okay, cool. We did that. What's the next thing? Then we went to the kaleidoscope filter and yeah, the 77 filters, yeah. which mind you now are like 82 and we have step ups and stuff, Yeah, but that was, it's funny similar to how we went up to pace in arizona to like battle test uh our first batch of filters yeah. i remember we had a, sh a shoot in Kauai where you're like oh, we're yeah. gonna go do this coffee commercial or a donut commercial, donut commercial in Kauai. and i remember Dude, i forgot i was like i remember those uh 
prototype or sorry, we, I'd gotten raw materials from our manufacturer or vendor and they had just arrived the day before. And like, I have like a really early flight the next morning. And I like, I remember showed you a video like, Three Hey, prototypes. these like raw materials came in. Like maybe I can make something and we can like use it on this shoot. And I remember yeah. like I just made a bunch and I think three were the ones that stuck, yeah. uh, stuck out. And it was the same exact process where, mind you, making those prototypes hadn't really quite dialed in the recipe yet. Yeah. We go to Kauai, we test them. And then Bro, we love classic them. Jake like, basically, like, all right, launch the pre-order. And I'm like, oh, frick, dude. Like I haven't even quite actually optimized like two, how to make these yet. Two of which we don't sell anymore, but we're very hot. And people still ask us about yeah. them. But we just felt like they felt and looked more like art projects than they did like actual just filters. The actual construction of them was... It, it just looked uh, a little DIY. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously as a company, you like imagine getting your iPhone and it's just got like a little bit of like glue hanging off the side. You're like, oh, this doesn't look quite finished. Even though the result was great. Yeah, the result. I mean, so we had the- We called it a the split colored, glass. Split glass, which was like we would cut and split the glass, glue it all yeah, in. Yeah. It made from really cool flares. Funny we story on that. flare. How that one came about is I accidentally cracked a UV filter that was on my lens. And I remember actually taking photos with it once. And when the sun or light, hits your lens it would hit the spiderweb crack and Dude, create that these one refractions still, i still wish we could sell uh, that, that one, one haunts you, like bro. that one haunts me i love that one it People just love looked that the one. most diy it and looked, i legit making those actually was cutting my hands like cracking the glass yeah. and like no it just it was wasn't crazy. like uh it just in our resources it was hard so we had the split glass chromatic flare which and we still sell the prism one. and then the prism bokeh one uh which we called originally it was just the prism filter yeah it was essentially like I'm trying to think of the best way of explaining it. There's this term called diacroic, which is a piece yeah. of glass that's been stained. Imagine going to church, right? And you see this beautiful stained glass. stained glass. It's been dyed, right? So there's a term called diacroic glass, which kind of similar for those who are watching. It's a piece of glass that has pretty much all different variations of color in it. So we adhered that to a filter. So as light and you spin it and stuff, that those little red pieces of glass or blue pieces of glass would actually create really cool little like fragments and refractions but that was another one that was like I, dan who's here right now actually yeah. hated building those hated because you had to like literally almost with like a microscope like and tweezers like place the little individual yeah. pieces of glass i don't think people understand like the stuff we went through to like work on and build this company yeah and like you know, it's, it's never easy to run, start, operate, own your own business. Um, but then especially once you start, I feel like if you're in the public eye a little bit, I feel like people loved to, who didn't maybe vibe with me or our brand would like, like to attack us and be like, Oh, this and that, or they're cheap or they're not selling. It's like, it's so hard to own and operate your own business. And we were genuinely filmmakers trying while still trying to be filmmakers and shoot direct and do things like run and operate this company. And, um, it was, it was some stressful times, but it was also very fun and exciting at the same time. Cause like each new level up was just like, Oh cool, let's do this. Let's do this. And, uh -huh. and to be able to come up with ideas for, you know, your own products for things you want to see and then see it come to life was like so rewarding. But at the same time, like none of it was easy at oh, all. No. Like I think was, people like see kind of the ads on Instagram and Facebook book and be like oh wow they have it all figured out even in this day as we're kind of gearing up for black friday we're like yeah. as a company just figuring out a lot of stuff like it's a never-ending thing we're definitely never. not just sitting on a chair collecting a check like we are in here we have at least if it's not me and jake we have people here every single day yeah. people come in every day and buy stuff at our point of sale we have people shipping out so it is very much an ongoing thing but i think some people maybe see the ads and be like oh well it's clear i mean yeah. i don't know 
I don't know. I don't mean to get take the conversation that way, but we have, you know, sometimes, you know, you have those internet trolls. And yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think with anything, if you're in the public eye, even as an influencer or YouTuber, you're always going to have someone in the comments who loves to yeah. maybe downplay some stuff. But I think what's cool about sharing this story is that like, this wasn't like an easy sort of like, oh yeah, we're, you know, drop shipping. Like we were making the stuff yeah. and prototyping at no, it. At no point in time were we drop shipping this stuff. We we're making this stuff with our bare hands, sending it out with our bare hands, like filmmakers, friends, putting this stuff together, shipping it out. Like this was created by filmmakers for filmmakers. Um, and I, I, yeah, I just want to make that clear. Like that's, it was, it was real. It was crazy. And I wish Chanel was here to like really touch on, we'll bring her, we got to bring her onto an episode to just yeah, talk yeah. about like her trials and tribulations. Well, with Cause it. like there was a moment where I was doing kind of all of it, right? Like from Email. manufacturing. I mean, not, not, I don't mean to say all of it in terms of like you weren't doing a lot because right. you were definitely running a lot of the socials and building the brand. But I, there was a moment in time where I was drilling. I was actually doing a lot of the emails and I eventually had to ha pass that baton to her. Yeah. And that's a stressful baton to have well, because you're dealing with people. I think the thing is they, they go on our website and they buy a filter with a shoot in mind, right? Like we have a shoot this week and sometimes people like build these ideas of like, oh, it'd be so cool to have this filter for this shoot and that shoots in five days. So I need that filter in five days. And like very clear as best as we can in bold, it says, hey, ships in two to four weeks or back order. And we got chewed apart. Like I'm, I bought this for a certain shoot and it's like, we're trying to be, uh, you know, the customer's right and be nice. But at the same time, we're like, it literally says in bold, like, yeah. this is a pre-order. Like, I am, I do not know what to tell you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And you'd get some really angry people. Kudos to Chanel, because at the time, she wasn't even my wife. She was just my girlfriend. We weren't, she wasn't on payroll. She wasn't, she literally came in and worked on this thing on a daily basis in LA out of like the goodness of her heart and wanting to see it to, you know, succeed and wanting to support me and be a part of it. And like, we didn't. I, I, we didn't pay her or anything. She was just like down for the cause and helped out and, and then ultimately took over the emails. And then like that, that got to be a little too much it's for a her. She, to deal with, honestly. She, she couldn't separate the like personal attacks. Like people would like, she felt like the emails that would come in would be like a per personally attacking her. And I was like, yo, they're just emailing you frustrated about the brand. It's not, you know, and then ultimately we had to like find someone else to handle the emails. But yeah, Chanel from day one, uh, which is right here, actually Chanel's, Tom's filming her there. This is on a Prism content shoot day. That's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so she from day one has been there. Same with Dan. Dan was there pretty no, much from Dan, Sheree. Yeah. It's actually kind of fun it, recalling all these because yeah. uh, we built all our team, which now our team's like pretty dialed in here in Arizona, but yeah. we had a really good little LA unit for a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, funny enough, like when we expanded the second time, I guess this would be the third time, to here. we got a unit that was like right across from one of our first locations that we started together, which is probably like a different episode, but yeah. it was like, kind of staring at us every time we'd like be loading uh you know shipping out orders we're like what is that giant red building and we're like we should ask the owner and he's like actually you guys can rent it and we're like let's do it and that's what <laughs> you know? started the barracks yeah and because at this time i i had honeymoon and eclectic we were starting the prism thing that kind of spot opened up and you were like yo like i want to do a location too and we started being locations got the llc formed opened up the barracks started with the barracks yeah we always had bigger and grander plans to like build sets and do all these things but that space was too small so we moved out of there and got our new spot where we have like the money room the trap room the jail you know all these yeah. uh sets that we had built and have more space now and that led into just everything else that we're doing too so yeah it's crazy 
crazy how everything just kind of naturally it like moves feeds and yeah flows and ebbs that's and why flows i think like you can never next. just be i don't know if the right word is like complacent but like i hate sitting idle i yeah. i mean maybe that's a downfall uh to some degree but I, I i wouldn't say i get bored easily i just don't like sitting stagnant like i've I, i've always I've kind of self-diagnosed myself with like ADD. I just like <laughs> doing a lot of things. Yeah. And I think naturally, as the story began, Tropic was doing good. And we're like, well, what's the next thing? And then that thing kind of turned into this, which kind right. of, and it just always is leading to something else, which I think is cool because I never want to be sitting at the end of my life, just having been on autopilot for so long. I always want to constantly be making stuff. No, you know? 100%. And I think even just even looking now, like we're in Prism's warehouse but because we kind of have this extra space and we wanted to do a podcast now, boom, we built a podcast set and studio inside of the prism spot we have. Yeah. yeah. And that's there. And it just has led into that thing. And who knows now where this leads to. And so, yeah, this yeah is- you never know. Just starting something will lead to something else, which leads to that thing. But if you never take that step to start something, you can never progress and move forward past that where you're at so you you always have to yeah be con- constantly like work on that thing build that thing that thing will lead to the next thing it's just constant progression with with everything let so. me ask a question and you can ask me the same one or a different one in regards are we looking to- on time first are we good we good on time what are we at yeah we're about 30 minutes into okay it. yeah so we good. can go a little bit more out of all the different facets of prism from the different products the different things we've done with the company what would be the thing you're like most proud of that can be a singular product that could be the brand identity Dang. that could be any aspect of the company but like what thing do you like stand back right now and look at and be like wow like that's awesome like we did that you know what i mean i think the fact initially that we created something that didn't exist in terms of the mountable prism and mm-hmm. we we're able to get a provisional patent because it was like yo this wasn't out there so we technically like invented something right in terms of that but then furthermore that's what led to the ultimate like bigger picture like holy shit is just people around the world buy and use our products from the seeing the stories the the dms that i get every single day of filmmakers and photographers tagging us opening their boxes paraguay iran freaking italy obviously then canada us just all around the world and just or we'll be dude when we're we went to get the paint yesterday to paint this wall and the guy in lowe's just goes yo uh are you jacob owens and i was just like yeah and he's like dude uh my friend just put me onto your work i love uh prism lens effects like i love the filters you guys are making that's so dope and like it's just like bro like that's cool like just seeing people that do what we do create films, music videos, commercials, photography, whatever, that like literally pull out our product and use it on their shoot. That's, that's cool. wild. Like that's just wild. To me, I don't know. That's pretty crazy. So, yeah. And it's not just like a local like little thing. Like it's around the world and that's oh, yeah. pretty mind. But like I, you would have, when we started this with just that prism and we were just talking about the idea and initially initiating that, if you would have told me that like in a year or two that, yo, this is going to be global and you're going to have people all, all over the world using your stuff, yeah. tagging you, whatever. I would have thought you're crazy. I was in Greece uh, when we went on that cruise. Was that two years ago now or a year, year and a half, whatever that was. And um, actually it wasn't that cruise. It was a, a different cruise that I was on when I went with Chanel and we were going through Greece and this guy stopped me. Same thing. He brought up prism lens effects and Oh, Jacob Owens and buff nerds. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I don't know. That's pretty crazy. Um, it was a cool yeah. feeling. I think for me, the favorite, my favorite aspect of it 
is kind of what actually probably led me and you to initially launch this company is I love like making new things. Yeah, yeah. Like I think my favorite instance was probably when we made the dream effects. It was like an initial like prototype. We were sort of dialing in like the chemicals and the coding. Yeah. And when we finally got one that I got shipped to me and I unboxed it like held it up. I was like, oh, this is it. I remember I think I FaceTimed and even just like held it over my phone. And this is a singular instance, but I think just the idea of making something and yeah, yeah, sure. Soft filters do exist, but like being able to make anything, right? The linear, the kaleidoscope, things that I've never seen out there. Right. Like being able to make new things is like, and like, honestly, Prism was a new thing. That's always been the thing I've been chasing is like, what's that next new thing? And we've got some stuff that we're working on now that yeah, I think yeah. we're excited to share eventually, but it's yeah. just always been fun. Cause like there's, we kind of go into like, I remember I, I, every time we launch a new product, we both like, we put on blinders and yeah, it's like, that's okay, it. you're going to take the photos. I'm going to work on this. And like, we like, go into like launch mode and it's like kind of like, I find it so exhilarating, you know? I like, love the fact that we still do everything so bootstraps too. I don't know. I, I Me personally, I like to have my hands on everything and, and so many things and be a part of the creative process. It's not like, I don't like to like just sit back and like, okay, yeah, you guys go do that. Like, and I yeah. feel like you're the same way and we just like, we get so excited. And it's like, boom, let's go test this. Yeah, I'll take the photos. We do the video. Let's do a shoot. You upload to the website. Like yeah, we yeah. do, we still do, every, like, yes, we have a team in place to handle so many facets of the business, but we're also still so hands-on. Yeah. But I think that's also what makes it like relatable and still fun and exciting. And yeah, but yeah, I think just seeing this brand going from, you know, from absolutely nothing, just a little idea in our heads, us just talking about it to like people around the world using it and people now wholesaling orders, massive boxes to sell in See, their own- crazy to me. To sell yeah. in their own store across the ocean is pretty freaking wild. And, but I think, yeah, it's just a testament to hard work, putting your head down, taking a risk, taking a, for us, this was a huge risk to put on pause. A lot of the stuff we we're doing to go in and grind on this. We didn't know if it was going to work or not. We were spending our own money and to, you know, dive into it. And yeah, I don't yeah, know. It's doing just, the own R and D, like yeah. teaching ourselves how to do ship, ship station, like open yeah. up an LLC, yeah. learn how to do like, oh, there is so much, even in, to this day, there's stuff I'm figuring out from like yeah. tax annexes. And maybe that will be a cool episode. Like maybe let us know in the comments below if you're on YouTube, yeah. like if some more sort of business related podcast stuff would be cool. Cause I don't know, we want to go where this serves everybody listening. Right. And I think if this isn't to serve us, this is to serve I just, people that want to learn, know, grow, get information. Dude, learning how to file a patent, learning how to get yeah. a tax ID, like those, like, there's so much that I actually had to like learn via YouTube, like that maybe is cool to share one day. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, there's kind of, as you've seen, Prism's been on a kind of a crazy journey and it's still very much a journey that's in progress, but it's been kind of cool at this moment in time yeah. to look back on it. Cause I mean, it's end of October. So yeah, it's been about three years. Cause I remember in November around the holidays, cause I was in Florida uh, with Jordan's family, yeah, I was so ordering like a lot years. of that glass. So yeah, come no like mid November is three, three years. years. That's crazy. And three years sounds like a long time, but dude, that is it went by like that. Oh, you know I know. I mean? oh, that's true, man. That's crazy to think about. We've actually only been in this building for a year. You know what I mean? Like that's it's just, crazy that we're even coming up on a year on this place. Yeah, that's why, man. Time flies. Yeah, it's freaking wild. No, but it's been cool, man. So I. I feel like that's kind of at least the funny, not funny, but just like the stories and the journey that I yeah. at least thought we were going to talk about, unless there's anything that you kind of want to mention about Prism otherwise, you know? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, that's it, that's a pretty good summation of like 
how the business started, some of the behind the scenes of like yeah. some anecdotal funny stuff. Of I'm trying to think if there's like a like, product that we prototyped, they're like, yo, this ain't it, you know? Well, I guess the color cube. Oh, maybe. yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, no. I mean, it was cool. It was just too expensive to make. I will say that was definitely a dark time for, <laughs> for this company. Like the color cube, for those uh, who are listening and watching, it was uh, we, shoot. It was a very hard thing to make because you're essentially like morphing different pieces of glass. And it was the case in point. We got one of them working and we're like, told the world, order them now. And, yeah. and we quite hadn't figured out the process. And that one ended up taking a Dude, couple I months to assemble. the first one. The day we got the it. The day we got it made, I we were testing it, doing a shot inside of our 300 square foot thing. Yeah. And I like spun it to make it turn and it fell off the screw and yeah. it just shattered. But all said and done, that one was, that was rough because a lot of people kind of had just got their, like people are just getting their orb and trying to like, yo, I support this company and they're seeing this new thing we're launching. So everyone jumped onto that one. And it just, I think on our part, like I said, we've been bootstrapping everything. We just didn't quite have the production yeah. process in place where it took a couple of months longer than normal yeah. to make these things. And we just, you know, had to deal with like refund me and that kind of, we learn as we go. I, I'm not going to stand here and act like we had it all figured out. I mean, like I just thought it'd be kind of fun. We talked about the success, but that was definitely a moment where I was like, yeah. okay, this this one's not going to work. So we, we actually unfortunately had to stop producing that one just because it just was not feasible for yeah. us. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the last thing I want to say is just to anyone that's ever, you know, supported Prism Lens Effects, like you're supporting filmmakers, photographers, family, friends, people who genuinely care about this and have put blood, sweat and tears into building and making this company. And we're going to continue to build and try and grow and make things that you guys want to see and do it at an affordable price point. Because that was kind of the thing that started. It was like, yo, as filmmakers, we're spending $500 on a four by five piece of glass to put in front of our lens it's got to be more affordable than that for people. Mm -hmm. And that was like a big reason that we got into the cinema filters and other filters too. Like even the, the smaller 77, 82 millimeter filters, it's like, yo, a lot of people can't afford hundreds you know, of dollars for a piece of glass to put in front of the lens. So, uh, we do do this. Um, it's, it's a passion and we want to create stuff that you guys want to use and create. And yeah, it's like, you're, you're supporting, real life creatives and, and friends and family members that are passionate about this. So yeah, I just want to say thank y'all for, for anyone who's cool ever supported I, I think maybe people who've purchased may, maybe not can associate like us behind it, Yeah, yeah. you know, for on a different note, like Tropicolor, like I sometimes get like messages like, Hey, just like, are you guys real people? Or are you guys like yeah, bots? And it's time. like, yeah, like it's, it's really us. Like we're really, I, my phone number is attached to one of the customer things and people are like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know what you were going to pick up. I thought this was like a fake company. I'm like, no, this is like very Dude, much. It's so weird. You know, so yeah. just, I hopefully people can see it really is just us, you know, and our team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't got much else to say about that. Maybe right. we'll dive into, yeah, some funny stuff in the future about like funny customer emails or stories on cool. things or yeah, whatnot. Yeah, I mean, so there's just in that journey, there's so many so much stuff thing that we've laid so out. There's stuff. so many little deeper things that we can dive into. Yeah. So we'll maybe save that for another episode. But but yeah, if you enjoy the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, please drop a like. It helps us tremendously. Leave a comment if you enjoyed the episode. If there's anything you else want to see us talk about in the future, make sure to subscribe, put on that bell notification in terms of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, portion. if you're listening on like Apple Podcast, Overcast, Spotify, 
I'm sure there's a way when you scroll down to leave a star rating and leave a comment. And as corny as it sounds, it really does help. It pushes us up in the algorithm and thus allowing us to get more guests and more people on. So if you could take the time and you are enjoying this, thank you so much. Uh, but for now, I'm Tom. And I'm Jake. And that was you today's- You already know. Oh, oh. shoot. <laughs> <laughs>